the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. <laughs> In today's episode, we sat down with Abdullah Al Askar, or Al Askari, right? Yeah, I got it right. So you got it right. Time. I got so it wrong. I should do this. Uh, yeah, uh, we yeah, sat yeah, down yeah. with Abdullah right. Al Askari. Yes. See? Yeah, there, there we go. My Arabic's getting better. Your Arabic's <laughs> getting a lot. Your, your Arabic's better than mine. <laughs> but in this show, it was awesome. I thought it was great because we got to learn a lot of the ins and outs of the uh, gym industry in Kuwait in terms of how to manage the business and what some gym owners are doing right and what some are doing wrong from a consultant. Yeah, so actually, kind of previous to this, we didn't realize that he had the whole consulting side of the business. And we know that he was partner at C-Club. We know he had the, the meal prep company of 7030. But when we found out about the consulting side, that's super interesting. And obviously, for you guys, we haven't had someone who's actually got a perspective from the business side about the fitness industry. So it was really, really cool to get that. And he also talked about old school bodybuilding in Kuwait, which I think for me, that interested me a little bit more because it was sort of the roots of where it came from in Kuwait. And we've, you know, we've got away from that a little bit. And the roots of working out in fitness in Kuwait is bodybuilding you yeah. know, throughout the 90s. So everybody, this is a fun episode. We get into a lot of ins and outs on business in general. I wouldn't say it's just centralized to gym owners, but business people in Kuwait in general, you're going to gain a lot of information out of this and you know enjoy it enjoy guys all this and more in today's episode okay cool no worries okay hey guys how's it going good so how are you we have got abdullah alaskari did i pronounce that correctly yes because i'm yeah. awful at pronouncing the arabic name so i do apologize if i did let me know if i get this wrong but you're currently a partner at c club that's correct Kuwait, yeah. and also you've kind of got meal prep service is called 7030. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Is there anything else like business ventures that I've missed yeah, out? Yeah, there's a few more things. Yeah, okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. And uh, yeah, we can kind of... I also there. own uh, Evolve Supplements. We import and export supplementation in the country, all the way from protein powders to your daily snacks. And I own a company called AA Sports Consultants. So uh, basically with this company, we go into gyms that are not doing so well or need help or people that are establishing gyms. And we kind of take over for six months to a year and kind of evaluate what's going on, okay. where the lacking points are, either uh, staff, services, marketing, budgeting, so on and so forth. We do our best to try to fix the problem and we hand it over to the owners. But with C-Club, we try to hand it over after the first year and they're like, no, dude, you got to stay with us. Yeah, we like so I've been much. there for oh, five that's years. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. I, got, I got a curveball question for you. Go ahead. <laughs> gonna, like, we've I, just started. I know, but you brought up such a good point that I gotta, we got to get, get into this one right away. Go ahead. What is the biggest problem in gyms in Kuwait? I mean, you've been around to all the gyms. What are some yeah. of the most common issues, issues that gyms are kind of not refusing to fix, but, you know, shying away from fixing? I think the major, there's many, right? But the yeah. major problem in most is the service. All the way from bookings to the way people greet you, the way you're getting trained, the way locker rooms look, you know, it's, it's a wide variety. But since it's a service business, people don't, don't focus on the service. Yep. They focus on, you know, the, the structure, how it looks, all the fancy equipment, blah, blah, so on and so forth. But they don't focus on stuff that really matters. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, you heard our episode on uh, what makes a good coach. You got you should listen to that. I'm one. gonna, you'll, I'm gonna. You'll enjoy that one. You'll definitely yeah. enjoy that after that one. But so, I mean, when we look at <clears throat> staffing, I'm assuming sure. a big issue is staffing too. Yes. 
you have a lot of fancy trainers that do come in. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And then you have a lot of trainers that aren't so just the upper echelon, so to speak, yeah. but maybe more well adversed. What are some of the pitfalls that you see gym owners fall into with the fancy trainer, so to speak, or, you know, compared to the guy that really doesn't have that huge following or, yeah. you know, cause I'm assuming that's one of the things you might see, but is that, or. Yeah, we do face this problem. I think gym owners fall into the becoming weak when it comes to a really well-known kind of trainer. They're always scared that this guy's going to leave or go somewhere else or drag clients along with him to somewhere, you know. But I think the biggest, the biggest solution for this problem is to have a variety of trainers from your top-notch level four master trainer to your beginner. And you have to mentor everyone in between. Once you act as a mentor, that's why it's important for the gym owner to be either an ex-athlete, an ex-trainer, somebody that's in the business, because automatically you become a mentor. Whether it's not in the training field, you still become a mentor from the business side. These trainers don't want to be trainers for the rest of their lives. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Not true. You want to own a business, you want to run stuff on your own. So they have to look up, look up to you enable for them to kind of follow your lead and listen to you and take your advice every now and then. So I think this is where you really make a difference with these guys. Okay. So do you see, do you see some issues in the business modeling of gyms here? Cause I mean, the business model that I see from an outsider yeah. looking in, it's a lot different than some of your big box gyms in the States. You know, the business model that they'll follow is like, okay, let's pack it in. Let's yeah. get as many memberships as possible. <clears throat> Let's try and ensure that, you know, we'll put alarm systems on the, you know, the elliptical machines. They do that in the States. They'll put an alarm system on yes. the elliptical so yeah. it shuts down after a certain amount of time. So you're not on half an hour. Max. Yeah. Yeah. Cardio, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a very, it's a business orientated mindset. Like I went yeah. to a gym and the owner was the furthest thing from an athlete or a fitness where he was like, I'm in here just for the money. Like this is just sure. a business to me. Yeah. And here... I've been seeing over the last two years, it's been like this craze of opening your own gym, mm-hmm. becoming a personal trainer as a Kuwaiti or becoming a dietitian or becoming this, yeah. but not really following the business sense of it. So do you see that gap or is that just from... There is a gap. I think the modeling isn't really looked at from a point where you just want to make money. You know, you really have to provide the services. You really have to know who your target market is before you even... Tell yourself, you know what, I want to open my own box or my own gym or I want to, you know, open a yoga studio, for example. Who's your target market? Why are they going to come to you? I think this is what people don't look at in the beginning, even before you put out a business model or you know what your budget is for this type of business. Another thing is that looking at it from my perspective, I think it's more of a trendy thing versus an actual business model versus actually going into the business of, you know, of making people healthier. Yeah. And then the follow-up question to that, I'll get that sure. one out of the way too. Now, with that part of it, do you think there's an oversaturation now in the Kuwaiti market compared to, say, five years ago with all these gyms popping up everywhere? I think the... Let's go back to the business model thing. And yeah, it, it sort of leads it's, into the next It does, one. right? Yeah. The trends here in Kuwait are more of a copy type of business trends instead of really doing your market study or your business plan or looking into the market and the needs, what people really need and what they're looking for. Oh, Liam, you know, Liam has a successful gym. I'm going to copy it and do the same thing because just because he's successful and they really don't look into what's making him successful, right? So I think this is one part of the problem 
as far as business plans. The second part of the question is, yes, I think the oversaturation is global. It's not only Kuwait or regional. It's everywhere. U.S., Europe, you name it. I know in Stuttgart and Berlin now, you, you're not allowed to permit a corporate building if it doesn't have a gym in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, That's it's, interesting. It's to, that, it's to that extent now. People are fitness crazed, if you want. And uh, it's a good thing. It's, it's not so bad. You just have to know where you stand out and really focus on that. Yeah, but going into the craze of it, you think the marketing side is going to take over more and more. I mean, come on, we saw the blow up with supplements in the early 2000s, sort of into you know, 2011, 12, where there were a lot of crappy supplements coming onto the market True. with false claims and mm-hmm. you know the whole ephedra craze that went, you know, oh, like yeah. there was no regulations, there was nothing. Do you think I missed that actually? The, the <laughs> That's one thing I miss. Yeah, that's man, that shit works. It does. A yeah. lot of people say that. It's like, yeah, yeah. here, you know, it's, it's legalized cocaine. Here you go. Yeah, that's absolutely what it was. was. Ephrogen, caffeine, and aspirin. Yeah. As well. That was, the, that was the stack. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I knew this girl at the time when they, were, when they were taking it off the shelves after a couple of athletes died in the States, and they literally went store to store buying as much of hydroxy cut. Yeah. That was, it was it, hydroxy yeah. cut. Yeah. They were just stack it up. And I remember going over to her house and it was just like, dude, you have a you have walls of this shit. Yeah. So it's like, but we had market regulations come in because people were getting sick, people were dying, there were issues. Yeah. Do you think we're gonna I mean, I'm only asking you because you're from the business side of it sure. and you have that outlook. Do you think we're gonna see the same in the gym industry where, you know, they say CrossFit leads to injuries? You know, yeah. are we gonna see the same type of deal going later on? where it's going to have to become more regulated because people are pushing the limits and not really following the proper protocols. It should. I mean, I think already some of these small gyms, you know, popping up and closing down in no time, in less than a year or two sometimes. So it's the cycle is already happening. I know in Dubai, you have to be, if you're a gym owner and you have trainers, all your trainers have to, have to be uh, reps certified. Okay. Or they're not allowed to work at the gym. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So it's going to get there, but it's going to take us a while, I think. What about us? What about Kuwait? Just out of curiosity. It's going to be a while. I saw that face yeah. and I'm like, I'm like I got to ask this question. Like, what no. about Kuwait? I mean, how bad is it though? I know from the gyms that I go to yeah. personally, the trainers for the most part, I'd say they're all qualified. Do you know that? <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm like, they're all, they're, they're what all gym do you go to? That's the question. Yeah, yeah ultimately, it depends on what gym you go to. But then also, like, it depends kind of... A lot of things are based off of looks. A lot of things are based off of like yeah. maybe experience, but some people might not be level three qualified. They look like they are. They act like yeah. they are. They know the information, but actually a level three qualification specifically, like for example, in the, in the UK, like it's it like is a college degree. Basic. Like, yeah. It's like a high school diploma. Kind yeah, of. Like, yeah. That's it's, kind of like you got to go through but, two, two and a half, three years of, of uh, schoolwork. Basically. But can't you debate, you know, and debunk the fact that there are a lot of trainers that get certified in everything from here to the moon yeah but they still suck <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah. I mean, it's a bounce out. like i'm gonna go yeah. to a guy like liam because i know he's an ex-athlete ex-rugby player crossfitter yeah. and the guy's built like you know a brick house that helps a little bit not saying that you know what you're doing but. yeah exactly that's the thing we have the we have this debate quite a lot and it's kind of the difference between Actually, yes, you're going to have some people, and I know a lot of people who have tons of different degrees and different like courses yeah. and certifications and stuff like that. And then I meet them, and I'm like, yeah, I probably wouldn't take any advice from you, like just because of the oh, way yeah. that you're like yeah. you're talking. 
And actually, some people can even be massively experienced, but they don't get that information across to other people very well. Like, yeah. So it's kind of like they're extremely intelligent, they can absorb information really well, but generally, can they then divide that information and give it to a client who has just maybe come back from a pregnancy and actually has no idea what they're doing or anything yeah. like that? Like, can they give it to them in digestible, like bite-sized chunks? I don't know. It's, it's not all the, always the case. If they can, then that's a recipe for success for yeah. sure. But like, it's not always the case. And it's always, it's also from the opposite end of the spectrum. Some people who have zero qualifications, zero certifications can actually talk to these people really well and actually motivate in a really good way. Yeah. Learn from other people off YouTube, different uh, things and bits and pieces, different information sources. And actually they can give that right information to the right person, but Very true. just on paper that they don't necessarily <clears throat> command the big bucks. I mean, we, we have that so, debate, the experience yeah. versus the qualification. Yeah. You know, sometimes you'll have someone that's got loads of experience but they lack some of those qualifications, but they're going to be better than the dude that just graduated college. Look, I tell, this brings me to an excellent point, probably. A lot of gym owners, like you guys said, look, oh, I want the level three, level four master trainer. And I'm like, look, you know, training is the same. It's all within the same circle, whether it's strength and conditioning, bodybuilding, functional, blah, 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 so on and so forth. All of this doesn't do you any good if you don't have the personality. Right. So you got to look for personality and the certifications hand in hand. It's, it's just as important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I 100% agree yeah. with that. I guess in Korea, are we seeing more of like those celebrity fitness influencer trainers or are we seeing <laughs> more of the, I know like Marty's a massive fan of these guys. Look, oh, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was really bad before Instagram and now it's worse. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's I'm sorry, now. if you're a fashionista or whatever you guys are calling them these days, dude, you shouldn't be giving out fitness advice. We call them uh, six-pack trainers. <laughs> I haven't got six-pack. So okay. I, like, I, like, I haven't got six-pack. <laughs> but I mean, when when I see, and this is a question for you, and yeah. it probably does great for the business if you have sure. these fashion, what are they called? Celebrity trainers. Celebrity. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, influencers. The yeah, influencers whatever, yeah. or whatever they're called. If they're training at your gym or one of your gyms, I'm sure it's good for you. Like it's yeah, great marketing. Sure, yeah. But in general, sh- they really shouldn't be giving out the advice that they're giving. I mean, yeah. a lot of them... They're but what if they're qualified? Some of them are. Yeah, some of them are. Yeah. I'll hold my hand up and say that. Some people I've seen on Instagram that work in Kuwait, I look at it and I go, ah, oh, man, like, I hate that guy or something like that. Like, just from their, their outward persona. Yeah. But actually, these guys are qualified. They're giving out good advice. Whenever I met a client that goes to that guy, then actually, like, they, they're really well prepared. The trainer yeah. or the... The fashion person. This is what I'm saying. You're the influencer not, or the you're trainer? Not de- you're not determining between like the influencer and an influencer. No, no, I'm saying there are, the, there the are trainers that are well followed and are yeah. considered influencers. Those yeah. those guys I'm fine with. It's yeah. like the influencer that is now giving out health, fitness, and training advice when they've yeah. just been doing it for about a month, which I think we're seeing more and more. Of. I mean, okay, on, so like they have like a great booty or something like that, yeah. and actually yeah, they're yeah, just like yeah, they're giving, yeah. Out, do the, giving do, out training yeah, do advice this butt exercise yeah. or, you know, do this ab exercise. I mean, I'm just looking at it from a bit. I love the business talk, by the way. This is an aspect we haven't brought to the show before. Yeah. So like, I'm like, at first, I was like, all right, you know, we're going to talk about this and this and this. But then it just shifted when you talked about the whole consultancy you have. Sure. Now, how is it for gyms managing that aspect of it? Whereas if you bring an influencer or an influencer is working out at your gym, that could be a PR nightmare also. If something comes out about the influencer or so so forth. You know what I mean? Yeah. If something negative happens or, you know, somebody complains about this trainer or something. Yeah. Like you said, something happens. It can be really negative for the business. 
but you have to take the risk. I mean, just like hiring a superstar on your team. Yeah. If he's out drinking and gets into a car accident, then you have to deal with it, right? Well, it's, it's all right. Bob, Bob Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, just got busted yesterday for going to, like engaging in a prostitution <laughs> ring. Well, yeah, I saw you know that. what? Dude, I don't care about that. The guy just won like six Super Bowls. Yeah. I don't give a crap. Do whatever you want in your personal <laughs> life. You know, but I mean, when it comes to the influencers, though, they live off of their brand. They live off of their personality. Yeah, they have to. A lot of them are really careful now because this is, like you said, this is their image. You know, they have to really take care of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here's, uh, I'm going to keep going with the business. Go ahead. Yeah, for yeah, you, if that's cool. Is that cool with you, man? No. No. That's fine. Go, go, go. Yeah, still cool looking. I'm like, all right. I've seen that one before. So now I'm going to move step by step. Okay. Okay. If that's cool with yeah, you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think this would be a very beneficial show for gym owners out yeah. there. And then they can seek you out for sure. the advice that they need to better their businesses. Yeah. Now, walking in to gyms here in Kuwait, yeah. let's talk about the walk-in. Let's try okay. and talk. Let's, let's walk through the experience. Sure. Can you talk about the full experience from your perspective as a consultant with your walk-in experience to the front desk, how you should be greeted, what should be given to you? Because yeah. when I went to the States, they're like, here's a towel and a bottle of water. Yeah. Right when I walk in the door, it's like you get treated like a king over there. Yeah. Versus here, it's like, <clears throat> how you doing? You know, and you might even not get that. You might not even yeah. get that. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. I barely get that. Yeah. You know, one of the gyms I go to, it's like, okay, see ya. You know, the other gym is <laughs> like, hey, how you doing? And it's yeah. a very open atmosphere. So walk us through the... If it's your first time walking into this gym, right? I'm, I'm assuming. Let's, let's, let's say I just bought my membership, right? Okay. I just got my membership after the tour. What should the client experience be? Yeah, like what would you pick? Paint the pretty, you know, the pretty perfect picture for the client experience. Well, you definitely need a good sales guest relation type of person at your front desk. Doesn't matter who it is, guy, female, even what nationality, it really doesn't matter. And this person should provide all the information that you need for your monthly or annual membership, whether it's getting to know the trainers, if you're asking for PT advice, all this classes that are being offered and how the classes are actually structured. Oh, we just offer yoga. No, I, I know you offer yoga, but what type of yoga and what goes on in this yoga class and who is the instructor and, you know, a little bit about her background. So this is how it should be. It's more of a, your questions are being answered and a little bit more, right? Uh, prices, obviously, you have to know prices, your your check-ins, all that stuff. I mean, you so, can't you can't ask, I we get this here a lot, you know, when you walk into the gym, Say, say I've, I started working for one of the gyms, right? We, we signed a contract. So I go in as a guest shopper and I'm like, how many trainers do you have? We don't know. Wow. So you can't say, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. That wasn't the question, how many trainers, but just hypothetically, just example, hypothetically yeah. I know yeah, a gym, yeah. if you walk in and say, how many trainers <clears throat> do you have? They'll say, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's a few of them. Such as what? There's definitely a few. Yeah. I mean, you need to provide because you're a paying member at the end of the day. And I don't want you there for a month. I want you there for three to five years. And I want you to bring your family, your kids when you have them. You know, you, this is a place for you to stay and benefit and reach results and have a whole kind of experience. We want you there. And that's how you should treat your customer. Wow. Yeah. All right. Now we, we move past the front desk. We move past that. Sure. Let's go into the workout area. All right. What is your ideal 
workout area. Now, considering that I think the model has changed compared to 10 years ago when it was very machine-based, yeah, right? It has, yeah. Now we have more of the functional <clears throat> Jumping at any point, man. You would, man. Functional <laughs> so, fitness. So, yeah, I gotta I have know, that I functional know, fitness. In there. Yeah, no, I know. Now that you have the functional, right, if fitness. you don't have a functional area, then it, everyone's like in the gym. It's like, not a gym. What? Yeah, there's no functional area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, there's no CrossFit area. Yeah. <laughs> like the CrossFit is going to walk in and be like, yeah, I'm not training here. I, know. Yeah. I, I think I want to say that I walked into, uh, it might have been one of the clubs that you, that you're a partner in. Sure. There wasn't a CrossFit area or they said it was outside. And I walked in, I was like, there's no CrossFit area yeah. here. What's going on? You know, like there are a lot of gyms that are just catching up to the CrossFit side of it or the functional side. Very true. But now with how the market's shaped up over yeah. the last three or four years, what is your ideal workspace area? I think number one, you need to you need to have a combination of everything, right? Because it depends on what kind of business you're running. If it's a CrossFit box, that's all you need. But if it's all in one type of facility, you'll need to have a little bit of everything: the uh, CrossFit, the free weights, the machines, resistance, a little bit of strength and conditioning, you know. And then you have all the classes going on. Do you think we've moved away from machines? Like, do you think there's been a a push away from machines over the last five or six years? Not really. Really? I see the pro bodybuilders are more into machines now. They're scared of the free weights just for the purposes of longevity and to lengthen their careers, if you may. So machines are still there. Okay. All right. But I think that just the industry really expanded type yeah. of workouts. I don't think people. it's necessarily that some things have like gone down. I think it's just that everything has expanded. Like, yeah. like you said, like yeah. at, the, at the beginning, like there's so many different gyms now. Each gym has to have like a kind of a little bit of a specialty. Like yeah. if, or you have like so many that are just completely general that have everything. And so, yeah, like it's not like kind of yoga's gone down and Pilates has gone up. It's just like kind of some people like yoga. And so there's just as many yoga gyms, if not more. And then there's just as many Pilates gyms, if not more. And then there's loads of CrossFit boxes because they're super easy to open. But just as many CrossFit boxes, there's going to be like hardcore kind of machine style gyms as well. I think a lot more people are now starting to take like dual memberships. They might be a member at a CrossFit box and then they're a member at like a machine-based gym where they can have their pool, their sauna, steam room, everything like that. They go and do their bodybuilding days. Yeah, I'm one of those pretty boys. Yeah, you you have those days where actually you don't want to go and just squat and deadlift and actually you just want to like sit down and bench. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you just like kind of want to actually your central nervous system is a little bit fried and you're kind of like, actually, I I want to go and do some buys and tries, but I don't really want to go to the CrossFit box where someone's going to ask me to work out and I don't really want to, so... They have a, like a, a dual membership. Yeah, for um, sure. So I think like it's kind of expanding mm-hmm. and it's kind of more people are coming into that space. And so actually there's more opportunity for a lot more things. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I see the benefit, like as a personal trainer, I see the benefit of having machines just as much as a functional area. Yeah. Obviously, like personally, I do a lot more kind of functional CrossFit style training. But some days I like if you've got an injury or something like that, then you need to be able to use the machines as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I asked the question because it's obviously it's cheaper to run a gym off of dumbbells and free weights than it is off of the machines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a lot cheap, cheaper. Way cheaper. What would be the startup cost now for a gym? Depends on the space. What kind of space are we looking at? If you're, let's say your average space is 500 square meters, it's going to cost you around 120 to 150,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's pretty pricey. Yeah. Wow. That's, Is that that's like pretty... initial setup cost or kind of projected cost for the first year? Or... That's projected cost for first year because around 80 or 90 will be equipment, flooring, locker rooms, if you're going to build showers, uh, all the interior, front desk. And then you need another, you know, 50 to 60 
Just as a backup for salaries, yeah. rent, just in case something, you know, doesn't go right. I guess that rent aspect in Kuwait is kind of it's going crazy. up a that's little a bit killer, as well. Man. Yeah, that's a killer. I mean, I would assume that it's not as expensive for gyms because a lot of gyms switch to doing the whole, you know, like, let's put it in a hangar or let's do this or coming up with different yeah. ideas. But I mean, rent in general. Yeah, you're right. It's crazy. But how is it from the gym perspective? I know... When I worked in the uh, food and beverage industry, yeah. we used to have to rent out a space at a mall here at the avenues, and it was like it was like four thousand KD, yeah. and we per month. Would, yeah per yeah, month, yeah. and yeah. we would only pull in like two thousand three hundred on yeah. a good month. That's the thing. If you want footfall and you want to be next to where people are going, and there's going to be car parking, and there's going to be enough space for people to come in and come out, like you need to be in somewhere that's going to be high rent as well. Yeah. Unless you have, I guess, a concept that people are willing to travel for. And then you probably need to invest a little bit more in actually like making the service better when they get there. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. You, they haven't got the location. So actually now they're paying for the quality of the service. And so actually when they get there, they're going to, you're kind of trying to take up as much of their time as possible, make sure they got secondary revenue of juice bars, yeah. protein bars, yeah. <laughs> all, that, all course, that kind yeah. of stuff as well. And make sure that they can hang around, have a coffee, stuff oh, yeah. like that as well, park up. The, the wussification of the gym experience, <laughs> as I'd like to call it. Oh, and if you're owning a gym, then you wouldn't call it wussification, would you? I guess that's no, secondary revenue. You're, make, you're, make, you're making money, but. <laughs> you're making a lot of money off. Yeah. Off the, off the space yeah. and my, kind of my making... uncle he's old school so he's like you know back in my day it was literally you had the basement gym oh you yeah. go in there stunk like sweat you had a sauna and a steam room you're lucky if they both worked <laughs> you yeah know? yeah and that was it you're Maybe, lucky if you had them you're lucky if you yeah. had them in an internet cafe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the night I'm, I'm part of that generation by the way so i remember all the basement gyms oh yeah, yeah. i yeah. started out jabri i was at victory back okay. in the day yeah. victory I went to Las Salmia when they yeah. first opened up. Yeah. I mean, these are old school. They yeah. were like some of the, the first starter gyms, oh, yeah. I would say, in the 90s, right? Oh, yeah. if, I'm not, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. But so. Man, I went to, uh, in Birmingham, there's a gym called Temple Gym. You know, Dorian Yates? Oh, Dorian Yates. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, <laughs> so one of the most famous gyms. Yeah, so I think it's Blood and Guts is his yeah. video, right? And like, if, if like you've ever like been a teenager, then probably you probably watched Blood and yeah. Guts. It's like hardcore bodybuilding video, yeah. like serious motivation. If you're going to like go and do your buys and tries in the future, <laughs> go and watch Blood and Guts first. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I was sent in by my company to try and like had a goal to go try and get our supplements in there. So I went in there, like went around the back of this kitchen and the like depths of Birmingham City, and I was like trying to find it. Saw this random door with Temple Gym over it, literally in a basement alley. Went down, and Dorian Yates is down there signing pictures of himself. And he looks up, he goes. <laughs> What the f do you want? <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like 20 years old and I was like, um, so, and then I was like, right, come on, come on, get into it. And he was like, started talking about secondary revenue and stuff because he wasn't selling, even though he had his own supplement line. Yeah, he did. The wasn't selling line, yeah. any of his, uh, any of his supplements on site, wasn't doing like anything with blenders and yeah. stuff like that. I started talking to him about that and he was like, yeah, you're all right. And I was like, okay. I was like looking around and it's literally exactly the same type of gym as you, as you kind of said. It's like dirt everywhere, kind of like went to the toilets, the toilets stink, everything like that. There's no showers or anything like that. It's just kind of just like old people's clothing just strewn around everywhere. But yeah. like that is the, the depths of like almost like a, a holy temple of bodybuilding oh, yeah. Like yeah. around yeah. the world. Like yeah. that's kind of like where a lot of people come and it's a tiny gym, like archways and stuff yeah. like that. Everything's kind of crammed in there, but. Yeah, it's kind of important. You have to duck in between the gym <laughs> yeah. space, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's like some guy in like in the corner, just like going out against it, like like kind of doing his uh, rows and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to go near him. Like, it's, <laughs> it's dangerous to go anywhere near him. But yeah, those kind of places, and also they don't necessarily think of that secondary revenue, like kind of with regards to like 
okay, how can I get an extra five pounds or an extra three yeah. or four KD out of the customer when they come? If you tell someone, and you'll know from supplement business, sure. got a tub of protein, a tub of protein will cost, what, 25, 30 yeah. KD, something like that. And then, but still, people happily pay three KD for a protein scoop every time they come to the gym. Yeah, that, that, very that true. That yeah. protein's probably got like sixty or ninety servings yeah. in there. Like it costs them like three or four times price, but they're like, nah, just pay every time <laughs> yeah. I go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just like, give me a protein <laughs> shake. I don't want to make it. <laughs> yeah, but then also like you add in like glutamine, creatine, also the, all these different things, and you can add in like half a KD, KD for these, yeah. these kind of things, and actually like the cost that you increase your basket spend by per customer is huge. Though. Oh yeah. And I think a lot of people don't even realize, like, they take a 5KD out of their wallet, and they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Done, they probably get, like, half a KD back, they tip, <laughs> and they, they then tip that to the person, and they've lost 5KD straight away, and then uh, they don't even realize oh, so every, true, every day they come to the gym. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of gyms actually miss out on that kind of idea and that kind of way to increase the customer service from yeah. the customer's point of view, but then also increasing the actual spend that they have and the amount of money that their gym is making for each customer that comes in. It's massive. I think also with Instagram, this day and age, people are willing to spend whatever to look like these guys on Instagram. Yeah. It doesn't true. matter what you sell them today. They'll buy it, you know, <laughs> and which is kind of scary. Yeah. 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 My even like, what is it, shake weight? Have you seen the shake weight? Oh weight? my God, dude. That's is the, the camera biggest, on? This is the shake weight. It's the biggest, biggest load of crap I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I've seen that. I've seen that. No, like, dude, like, people will buy no, that, the plunge your butt thing. Yeah. Have you guys seen Activate, that? Shake weight activates your shoulders, <laughs> your triceps, everything, right? But yeah. have you seen the one where you sit on it and it's like, it's this spring and you squat down into it and you shoot up. It's like, dude, you haven't seen that one? I think you sent it to me. Yeah, dude, it's the biggest load of crap I've ever seen. But then again, I mean... The whole like Bowflex and you know what yeah. Bowflex is. Oh, you yeah. spend enough yeah. time in the States to see yeah, those yeah, infomercials. Yeah. You I know mean, people are buying it though. They like, are. People must be buying it. <laughs> they are buying like, it. It's, yeah. it's scary how many people aren't, you know, like educated yeah. in some of these aspects. Yeah. And they, you know, especially the moms at home that will, the moms and dads, you know, especially the dads. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to call up my father in this episode. <laughs> he, uh, we were in, we were in Paris. He took me there as a kid once and they had these. The TNS machines, you know, the electrical thingies oh, yeah. that you strip on the abs and it's supposed to work your abs and yeah. you lose yeah. weight and you gain a six pack. So my dad bought one of those. <laughs> so I was like 14 at the time. I look at the thing. I'm like, oh, let me try this thing, right? Pop the batteries in everything. Stick the little thingies on. Turn it on high voltage. Dude, that shit electrocuted me, man. <laughs> Boom. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was horrible. And it's like, that's the, you know, it's, I mean, it works for injuries. I've used yeah, it for my injuries it does, before. Yeah. It helps with, you know, increasing buffalo, but it ain't going to give you a six pack. No. You know? But because you can feel it, like that's what, that's what people would think is working. Dude, it electrocuted like, okay, this like, shit out yeah, of yeah, yeah, like, But people would be like, yeah, like, that's feeling, really feel it working. It's like pre-workout. Like most yeah. people don't need pre-workout, but they feel that like buzz. And it's, the like, tingles. Yeah, it's the tingles. It's the tingles, dude. It's the yeah. tingles. They get the tingles and they're like, oh, that's working. The beta alanine <laughs> The beta alanine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I get that. So speaking of this stuff, let's talk a little bit about what about the gyms that are not innovating? Some sure. of the gyms that Liam was talking about that they want that gross sweat feel, you know, the ones that aren't innovating refuse to innovate because I'm sure we have some of them. Here. We have plenty of them. Yeah. And what's your take on them? Do you think they will survive just because they have that reputation of being a blood and guts gym? Or do you think eventually Instagram and Facebook is going to kill them? I think it de really depends on your client base and what type of brand you've had. Like I know you mentioned Victory. Yeah. Victory is one of the gyms that will always be there. Yes. Because of the brand location. Everyone's uh, gone through there. Yeah. Eventually, everyone yeah, who's weight, for sure, everyone yeah. who's weight, literally like your rite of passage, I would yeah. say, was going to victory in the 90s or early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. And 
I mean, it's good that you say that because if there wasn't as much traffic in Jabriya, I would still probably have a membership there. Yeah, I would go there too. Just for yeah. the nostalgia. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of great guys that are great bodybuilders yeah. that worked out in that place. So I'll take you there one day. I will go. And yeah. you do get that hardcore type of feeling when you walk in. Yeah. It is like a temple. Not exactly, but yeah. For me, I get the tingles. Like, yeah, just yeah. because I went there as a little kid with my uncle. It's like, shit, these guys are huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you see guys doing like a 140 bench press at 16, it's like, dude, that guy's no joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's yeah. cool when you get to work out next to people like that. It's like we, we say about actually putting yourself around people who are like better than you, more successful than you, and who you respect. Like, because then you step up your game a little bit, don't you? Oh, yeah. For sure. And actually, then rather than just coming in to come and have your, your coffee and watch someone maybe try a little bit hard on a rower, like, yeah, then actually going in. And you're like, okay, yeah. I can't just stand around here. Like this person is gonna bite my head off if I do. Yeah. Like I've got, yeah. I've got to get, I've got to get working. <clears throat> Whether you can lift the same amount or not, like it's like 100 percent effort or get the hell out. Yeah. So speaking yeah. of going into that, I mean, you're pretty jacked, dude. You're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. You got all this stuff going on. Sure. How do you stay in in shape? Because mashallah, and you're, I mean, I'm. Uh, you you've heard of the 5 a.m. club, right? Yep. I'm part of that. Part club. of the 5 a.m. club. Yeah. I've been trying to get into that club. <laughs> it's difficult. I mean, I don't, I don't have a, Liam knows there's no social life, but it's the only time that I can make it to the gym. So I choose to go at that time. Yeah. All right. So what type of training modalities are you into? Just out of curiosity. I think strictly I'm, I'm into bodybuilding. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. I've That's always cool. done it, done it for what, like 20 plus years now. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Has, <clears throat> have there been any shifts? in the uh, training of bodybuilding over the last, like, say, three or four years? I mean, I've heard a lot of people are throwing out the old school bro split and going into a full body three times a week. So is that mentality taking over in Kuwait or is it still yet to get over here? I think the biggest change we've seen in bodybuilding in the past, from the 90s till now, till early 2000s till now, is people work on a lot more. all, All the focus now is on angles getting all your angles in, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, where in the past it was going through the basic movements and lifting as heavy as you can on every uh, muscle group. So you yeah. outmax your bench, you outmax your squat, your deadlift, so on and so forth. Now it's not like that anymore. Now it's all about working the angles and maybe people are getting into high volume. High volume, yeah. It was getting into high volume when I was back, you know, yeah. when I was when I was bodybuilding, you know, back 10 years ago. It was yeah. more of the high bo- volume stuff. And my whole thing was like, no, nah, dude, I just want to lift heavy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. I was just like, no, nah, I don't care about 15 reps. I'm not doing 15 reps. Yeah. If I do 15 reps, <laughs> I'm not doing, you know, 150 <laughs> kilos or 110 kilos. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go for the, you know, six reps, you know, like the whole, that, built your mass type of deal sure but in reality it was just lift as much weight as i could <laughs> <laughs> i used to love like kind of like the eight reps like four sets kind of something oh, around, yeah. around yeah. that and then it was like the last set was always the failure yeah like that kind of thing yeah um yeah when i was like bodybuilding i absolutely love that because you can still lift heavy weight and it's kind of like when it gets to six you're like oh this is hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, it's kicking <laughs> and in And then right you probably now. usually grind out another two with really awful technique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really bad. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I did it for eight. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, wow. Yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of more people, I think it's probably with the rise of Instagram fame of the guys who like look great. They're kind of walking yeah. around, like got the top off all the time. I don't think they own a t-shirt. Like those yeah. kind of guys yeah. who like, and then obviously like genetically they're extremely gifted, but then for also sure. like they're kind of, they're not necessarily going into the gym. They've never gone into the gym and hit those heavy squats, hit those heavy deadlifts. Like they would literally train in high volume to start with. Yeah. 
And then they're kind of telling everyone, hey, this is how I got like this. And that's the way that people are going yeah. a little bit now. Like, so we're moving away from like the mass monster guys. It has, even, even as a sport, it went full circle. If you've noticed in the last two or three years, they brought in the classic physique yeah. on the Olympia stage. Yeah. It's the fitness category is very popular now where it wasn't in the past. So it's gone full circle. Do you think it's, you're, I don't want to say old school, but you, I am. It's you, okay. Yeah. You've been around the block for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's kind of like, you know, Schwarzenegger was saying the same crap in 1980 that you guys are busting out on Instagram these days. You know, like there's a lot of studies that come out and it's like they've, the bodybuilders have been saying this. The great ones have been saying it since the 60s, 70s and 80s. Yeah. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this stuff's actually working. Do you think a lot of that is actually true or is it just speculation around it or? No, it is true. I think he was, as an athlete, he was way ahead of his time. And he knew exactly what he was talking about. I think the only difference now is, you know, the drugs have evolved. Yeah. And it's so much of a wider spectacle now where you don't even know what to choose or what you're supposed to be doing anymore, (laughs) right? Without the correct guidance. Sure, yeah. So where back in the day it was simple. There's three types of drugs. You do ball, Winstrol. And Deca. Uh, Deca, yeah. And that's it. You step on stage. <laughs> Those were my old school drugs. It was yeah. like, oh, you want something? All right, we got D-Ball, Winstrol, or Deca. Yeah. That was it. I guess that's what kind of have, hasn't really caught up yet, like the guidance. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. Now you, I've got clients coming to me and they're going, oh, someone told me to take this, this, and this. And then, yeah. um, like, they told me their goal. And I'm like, like, from what I know, like, that sounds crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds it's way too much, right? Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. actually, then they're kind of going, okay, so like, I'm like, who is that guy who told you to do that? Because it's like, I don't, like, maybe I need to speak to that guy. Because yeah. obviously, if my client wants to do something, client wants to do it. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll advise them either way. But <laughs> I'm like, okay, like, I need to try and speak to that person and try and get a better handle of on this as possible to help, help my client as best possible. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, so like, why is he even advising that? And then you find out, okay, actually, he's got no background or anything no, no, to do no. with pharmacology or no. anything like that. Just, he's just gone, hey, like, do this. It's based, off, I based off of their experience. Yeah, yeah. based yeah. off of their experience. Yeah. When there are some really good doctors here in Kuwait, yeah, where if you is. go to them and you say, hey, I'm thinking of doing A, B, C, and mm-hmm. D, they will give you the proper tests yeah. that are needed. Just to make sure that you're safe. And they'll actually give you the dosage. They won't agree with it, but they'll say, hey, better that he's safe and coming to me and doing the blood work for it. Than, than him doing it on his yeah, own. Yeah, than some yeah. guy saying, here, yeah. shoot up a thousand, thousand milligrams of testosterone or 800 milligrams of yeah. testosterone. Your For body's going to get rid of most of that anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to take in well, I mean, we, we had the, we talked with the functional nutritionist about hormones the other day, yeah. didn't we? And actually, yeah. like, you find out, like, you can't just mess around with this no, shit. You can't. No, it's no joke. Like, it's no joke. Like, it's, it's really not a joke yeah. at all. Like, you actually yeah, just, yeah. You, you need to get guidance. And actually, like, yeah. the amount of people who are given good guidance that I know of, like, is extremely small. Even in Western countries, like the amount of people that people trust to do that type of stuff yeah. is extremely small. For sure, yeah. And so that kind of hasn't really caught up at all yet. Yeah. And yet, as you said, there's such a wide spectrum of things that people could take, like from like straight up performance enhancing drugs to yeah. Psalms to yeah. like, even when people go, oh, should I be taking... GH, the fragments of GH that are peptides, coming out now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's I scary mean... is when people are saying they're screwing <clears throat> around with insulin levels. Yeah. Like that's like, dude, that's kind of like a no-no. You don't yeah. want to do that unless you're really dealing with a doctor that knows their shit yeah. because you're like you're really screwing with your body. Oh, yeah. You're messing yeah. with it big time. Yeah. And GH, I mean, I know older people yeah. that... They take GH, they take growth hormone because there are medical studies that have proven that it helps with longevity. Mm. But again, it's sure. under the guidance of a medical professional. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, all right, you know, I'm going to shoot up some GH, some testosterone. And 
see what happens yeah, just after that. Pick and mix. And no, see what's happening. Can't do that. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I, I remember in 2004 or five when I got into the gym scene here in Kuwait, my trainer was like, oh, yeah, here, here's, here's some wind straw. Give me 20 KD. Guarantee you, you'll lift weight you never lifted before in your life. All right, sure. You yeah. know, like I didn't know what the hell I yeah. was doing. Sure as shit, though. Like three weeks later, oh, yeah. my get, bench, my bench, stronger, yeah, dude. My bench, I got leaner. <clears throat> I got lean as yeah. hell, and I was bench pressing one forty. I went from yeah. one twenty to one forty in like two three weeks, and I was like, all right, pounds, yeah. No, kilos. <laughs> yeah, one of these days I'm going to outlift you with something, all right? I'll kick your ass in a sprint. <laughs> a sprint? Yeah. Oh, man. Go on, then. <laughs> man. I was just, yeah, go on. All right, cool. Cool. We're, we're going to film that. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm yeah, just going to say that's a good idea. I'll sprint, and uh, you got to hit a baseball off of me. All right, cool. All right, yeah. Well, you ju- you were just challenging me to a so back, back, back to our conversation. <laughs> Marty's backpedaling big time. Man. I know, right? <laughs> I know, taking him on in a gym thing is like it's just like suicide. I'll yeah, beat you in darts. I'm pretty good at darts. Yeah, I'm awful at darts. Billiards. I'll beat you in billiards. I'm drinking game. Take the dartboard. Thing, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, pick anything. <laughs> um, so I mean, back then it was the trainer was prescribing. You know, yeah. we didn't know anything, but it was Winstrol D ball. You know, and your staples back then. Yeah. But I mean, even till this day, now I know your trainer is your steroid dealer, basically. Oh, yeah. And it's still sure. going on. It's mm-hmm. it's even worse than before. Way worse. I mean, at least before, the trainers I knew only dealt with pills and shit. Like, now they're dealing with, you know, testosterone. They're yeah. With all this stuff. So it's kind of... As, as we've talked about personally, though, I think like, there's there's a certain pressure that personal trainers come under to deliver results. Yeah, and actually, especially in like this region where people are asking for things like straight away and quick like, results. Right? Yeah, then they're, they're actually like the the ethical obligations that are kind of around performance enhancing drugs maybe don't exist as much as they would do in other places. Oh yeah, and so then like the trainers kind of because even if the trainer has no idea what he's doing, he's kind of seeing that kind of pressure to get hold of this stuff and give it to the client, and then he's tr- under pressure also to know what he's talking about. Yeah, so that's if, you, if you're coaching a high level athlete. Okay, and this is where I don't agree with it, but I think a coach or a trainer should open the athlete's eyes to saying, hey, if you're at this high level, you're walking into a gunfight with a knife. Mm -hmm. There are these things out here. If you're going to do anything about it, you go seek medical attention first. I think personally, some of that responsibility falls on the coach, because if you're going to be competing in the CrossFit games in the olympics mma's mma they're all huge now they're they're all on juice they're all on juice any professional sport (laughs) they're on just because you changed your tune no no no, i I have i no, i have a little bit because with the research that i've done yeah in the olympics where they say there was no steroids there's so many ways around it yeah. And yeah, for sure. A coach needs to inform their clients, especially at, if it's at that look level. Look at GSP. Uh, George Pierre. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he retired yesterday. And he was known. He was known for being on steroids, PEDs. And yeah. and they, his team could cover it really well before he got tested. That's it, though. There's the support team there and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. There's everything around I it. I mean, Lance Armstrong had doctors yeah. all yeah. over the oh, world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
covering his the stuff while the stuff like, he like was they taking. They should just separate it. Just have that category. Be like, have the open category. Be like, do what you but guys want to do and then have the other category. To come back for, to what you said in, in first place, I think it's a really important point what you were saying was actually it comes down to the responsibility of the trainer yeah, and responsibility to the coach. Whether that person is at a high level yeah. and actually probably even more so if the person is just dying out yeah. because like that person is going to trust you with absolutely everything. everything. Yeah, everything So actually know, yeah. then it comes down to that trainer going actually maybe like it's okay that I don't know everything about this like because actually yeah. you might have had no experience with it at all you might have had some experience but unless you've had lots of experience shouldn't be advising anyone on it because it's so intensely like kind of it can mess someone's life up so badly oh, yeah. if you get it wrong yeah like if you injure someone okay they can come back right but yeah. kind of like hormonally if you change up someone's like pathways and everything like that genetic that, makeup and yeah. stuff like that's not a joke you're playing around with like being god like there's sci-fi futuristic <laughs> stuff there but like it, it's really important i think like for us to say that it's down to the trainer and actually you should seek help as a trainer and say actually sometimes it's okay to say you know what, i don't know but yeah. i'm going to find out as best possible yeah or i'm going to tell you that this person does know go and find out from them Actually, let's talk about it. Like, oh yeah, after after we've we've gone from that, so super important. No, it definitely is. So let's switch gears away from the steroids. Like, I think we All talk right. about that a lot on yeah. the show, anyways. <laughs> it's <laughs> we, an interesting subject. It is, know? especially yeah. in Kuwait, because I think we're steroid capital of the world. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we really are. I mean, most of the Gulf countries, the athletes around the Gulf, come here come to here? purchase golf. Yeah, the, the world. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, what's his Kai Green was here. Yeah, he came here for what? How many months? And they said he put on like. Eight pounds or twenty pounds of muscle, or pure something. muscle. Yeah. I know some crazy shit, and he's like, "It's a chicken, man. It's it's, chicken, yeah, it's the chicken. It's, it's, is yeah. next level here. There we it's go. A, <laughs> the, the, there's the, there's a segue into seventy thirty. Chicken right? and there, the sheep, the, right? The chicken and the sheep, right? <laughs> so seventy thirty. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. You just launched. You said in November, correct? Sure, you we your, did launch in November. You had yeah. your first order out in November. Yeah. Now, I mean, give us a little bit of background about seventy thirty. Where the concept came from? Where the name comes from? Seventy thirty. Well, the name came from my. Uh, VP of marketing. I don't agree with it, but, uh, You're calling out his VP on the show. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know, uh, 7030 is, you know, it's a, a cliche in the industry that 70% is in the kitchen and 30% is what goes on in the gym to achieve your goals, right? Your fitness goals. To me, it's very cliche. And if you're going to do something, you got to put 100% in both. But she convinced me that people associate with it and people recognize it and, you know, it should work. So we agreed on the name. And it comes from, you know, just many years of of meal prepping and telling people what to eat and doing all these food plans that are taking hours out of my time. And then nobody follows. You know, when you hand out that plan, uh, nobody wants to do anything with it. So I said, you know, why not just create a meal service company that is very customized, very flexible, is more on the macro we count your macros rather than calories. Know your needs, your daily needs based on your workout, your your job, you know, your lifestyle. And, you know, it should help you reach your goals pretty easily. Not easily, but you have to do the work. So how's the food? Because a lot of meal prep companies I've tasted, I'm not going to yeah. lie to you, they've been horrible. <laughs> like the meal prep, yeah. I think some of the meal prep companies, like even I went to a relatively expensive one a couple of years sure. ago just to try it out. And I was like, and this was, yeah, two or three years ago. I was like, this is dog food. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> like, this, it was God awful. Yeah. 
And it turned me off. Like I won't go to another meal prep company after sure. that, just because of that one company that set that oh, bad wow. example. You know what I mean? So yeah. I mean, how is it for you when there were probably so many companies out there? Like, how's your food taste first off? <laughs> you know, and like, how is it for you marketing against the idea of that? Well, the taste is this is all homemade recipes. Like this is stuff we eat at home, you know, and uh, we're pretty conscious about our meals and uh, our, our macro count. And we weigh, we weigh our food on a daily basis. Okay. So I spent literally six months in the kitchen with this chef to show him how to prep the meals and what, what goes into it. And we've gotten a, a really good feedback uh, in the last three or four months. So people do like the taste, the texture, you know, the combinations. They do enjoy it. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. That's yeah. cool. So what's the kind of, do you have any different packages? And you're kind of, you're going, obviously lots of people kind of go, like it's fully customizable or you have like your mass pack, your like slimming down pack, your weight loss yeah. pack. Like, is it that yeah. kind of thing? We do have four packages, shred, fuel, uh, build and bulk. But within each package, you can customize it to to your own needs. So we'll say like fuel is a general uh, 2000 calorie type of plan. But within fuel, you can customize it according to grams, uh, how many, what kind of grams you need on this day, you know, carbs. So you can customize it day to day as well. Yeah, so you can absolutely. actually kind of like, say, have a higher, like obviously like the kind of carb cycling or carb loading yeah, on different almost, days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like gives a, because you work with trainers, if I'm correct, right? So you yes, work with trainers that's another to, thing that to we try did and deliver, yeah. Try and deliver the right meal yeah. plan to the right client. Yeah. So if that trainer has got them on fasting, intermittent fasting, yeah. or carb cycling, then you can account for that. Yeah, you can customize the menu according to what the trainer has in mind. And that's something else that we did differently is we didn't hire clinical dietitians. We hired trainers to be our ambassadors and they subscribe uh, these meals to their own clients. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so pretty cool. I think that makes a difference. We don't have, <laughs> since we just mentioned that the client will do anything that the trainer Trainers or coach says, says yeah. right? So yeah. that's that's the approach we took. Yeah. That's pretty smart because yeah. then it's, you know, it's you're getting that buy-in right away. It yeah. cuts down your marketing costs, essentially. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's a good... Cuts down good. marketing costs and makes the trainer's job so much easier now. It reduces the workload instead of having to follow up with the client, oh, what did you have today or what's going on? This morning or this evening, just give them the food and, you know, should take care of itself. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty yeah. sweet. So what else can you tell us about the business? I mean, is there, have you guys faced any issues with sort of the oversaturation in the market right now? I mean, it's been, it's almost like there's a meal prep coming out, company coming yeah. out just as fast as trainers are coming out right now. Yes. Like, dude, like it's, generally, it's I go through Instagram and there's sponsored everywhere. ads. So I'm like, Jesus, where did this meal it's prep between, come It's from? between trainers, gyms, sponsors. No, I don't even see gyms anymore. Yeah. It's trainers, meal prep, and these new like modality dudes, like the workout outside beast mode, oh, yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, group classes. I'm like, yeah. dude, where did you get this stuff? Like, you know, like it's so much that I turn my, my feet off, you know, in the settings, I like block it yeah, just because like, it doesn't apply to me. You know, it's just, there's so much of it. How do you deal with it? We mentioned earlier that in Kuwait is specialized with a copycat business type of model, right? Yeah. So if Liam has a successful meal delivery service, I'm going to do exactly what he's doing just because he's successful. Yeah. Um, and that's honestly what goes on into coffee shops, gyms, you name Podcasting. it. You name <laughs> Podcasting. You name it. Podcasting. Right now. Yeah. And I told him this when we started out. I looked at him and I go, dude, we have a very brief window 
Oh, yeah. before people think that it's your time is limited and then everyone's going to be jumping out of the woodwork and to us our content is more important than the influencer we're bringing on because believe it or not a lot of our market is not only here in kuwait based but we reach to a lot of different countries which is even better for us in terms of absolutely you know in terms of finding sponsorship Mm -hmm. like we could get a sponsorship from outside of kuwait oh yeah and it's all online stuff and that's what i'm looking forward to not the kuwaiti sponsors yeah but everyone thinks, oh, he's doing it. I could do it better yeah, than him. Let me do I it can, too. I can do. Yeah. I could definitely do it better than him. I could, you know, do this better. I can have more influencers on or yeah. whatever. And at the end of the day, it's going to be quality that lasts for over sure. the long run. Versus, yeah. so I mean, how have you dealt with the copycats? I've I've done a lot of things first in the past. Liam knows I was the first certified Kuwaiti personal trainer in the country. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And and all these guys that are trainers today, especially the Kuwaitis ones, used to make fun of me when I was training guys in the gym. And now they're all trainers. We were the first personal training facility that opened in Kuwait City. And people made fun of me. They're like, what do you think? You're New York City opening a, a studio gym and in a business tower. Nobody's going to come and see you. And guess what? A year and a half later, there's like nine studio tower, uh, studio gyms around us. So. Yep. What gym was it? Just uh, Club Fit. That is over by... And uh, it's right across from Amiri Hospital. It was in the Sanabu ah, Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went there. I went, well, I didn't go there, yeah. but I went and looked at it when it first opened yeah. up years ago. It's good to be... Look, as long as people are doing the same thing you're doing, and I'm sure I can speak for the podcast as well, that means you're doing something right. right? Yeah, yeah. And they need time to catch up. They need a long time to catch up because this is your passion. You know what you're doing. Where they're trying to figure it out, you're way ahead of everyone else. So it's fine. I mean, it means you're doing something right. Man, that's the yeah. quote of like the year on this show yeah. right there. That was like <laughs> that was that, <laughs> was that was some deep stuff right yeah. there. That was yeah. a good that was a good way of putting it out. There. And like you said, just to close it off with the quality service, as long as you're delivering the quality, you're gonna outlast everyone. Yeah, for no, sure. It's hundred yeah. percent true. I yeah. mean, that's well said. I mean Liam couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> I'm sure he could have. And that's it. That's, but that's what we try to do, isn't it? That's it. It's quality over, well over quantity. Yeah. Me and Marty are constantly back and forth about, like, kind of with the management of, the, of even just the podcast. We're like, yeah. okay, like, we need to be quality over quantity. And business wise, in the fitness industry in Kuwait, we're seeing so much businesses opening up, like new things here, new things yeah. there. And it's actually like all those quality things are what's going to last. Like, we talked about victory. Yeah. Like, it's quality. People really love it. They enjoy yeah. it. Like, it's there for a reason. It fulfills the customer's need. And so yeah, it's still there. It's still there. It's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be yeah. there, like, for a long time. There's yeah. a lot of gyms which are super popular right now, which you can see that they're not giving the quality to the customer. So actually, you can see that there's only a finite amount of time that they're going to be able to continue to do that. Yeah. And even they may have, like, the best location or the best kind of views or whatever it might be. Like, but actually, like, it's not going to be there for a long time because they're not giving the customer what, what they want. What about the Kuwaiti trainers? Can I just yeah. interrupt you for a second? This brings me to another important issue that what we've seen with the Kuwaiti owner, right? And I'll speak for the gym business. I don't know about any other. Uh, is that once the owner is not there anymore, the business falls off the chart. You know, it's qualities is down, services are down, blah, blah, blah. So I think some of the Kuwaiti business owners have the wrong conception of owning a business. You know, you have to be there all the time for the next 10 years, not, okay, 12 months, you know, I hand it over and I I can stay at home. 
this is where the biggest problem falls. But that's kind of been the Kuwaiti business model, yeah. you know, for years. Yeah. As far as I can remember, it's like, oh, Beshidi Maltaim. I'm going to buy a restaurant. <clears throat> Translated for our English yeah. speakers. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, everyone and their mother owns a restaurant now, yeah. but none of them are working in the restaurant. No. If you ask them how to make a burger, no. they're clueless. I know a guy that owns a burger shop. And I was like, well, you know, what, what ingredients? He's like, we use meat. I'm like, yeah. No shit. Yeah, I know. I'm like, dude, I know what you, yeah, you, your burgers are made of meat, but what do you put in it? Do you yeah. have like a secret sauce? Do you have secret herbs you put in there? He's like, no, we just make normal burgers. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So you've never stepped into a kitchen in your life, but yeah. yet you're selling burgers. So it's, I think it's a big issue here in Kuwait. It is, yeah. And it's like, Liam can attest to this. Like my, when I'm not at work, I'm working on the podcast. Like that's. That's just how yeah. I've kind of structured yeah. my life right now because this to me is like, I just want to bring the good, we just want to bring good information out. And yeah. I think we put a lot of time into it and owners need to understand that. I mean, I could tell by you from the 5 a.m. club, yeah. like you're probably putting the time in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my days are 10 to 12 hours a day, six days a week. Wow. It's been like that for what, 20 years. Power so. to you, man. <laughs> Thanks. Power man. to you. Thanks. So back to one question I wrote down here. Sure. Kuwaiti trainers, before you'd never see a Kuwaiti trainer. No. It was probably, like you said, made yeah. fun of, frowned upon, and everything. And now the influx. Sure. I mean, everyone and their mother has a training cert- yeah. certification. Like I was telling Liam before, he had a talk with me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, you know, do you have this? I was like, yeah, dude, I'm a qualified trainer. I'm certified <laughs> through Exos. I've got yeah. this, I've got that. But I don't say it because now everyone and their mother has one. Yeah, true. You know, it's kind of like a master's degree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like not a lot of people had them, but now we've, everyone's got one. Yeah. So do you think it's just like a, uh, a, a headbe where people are just jumping on the bandwagon, so to speak? Do you think it's going to die off or how it's going to die off? Like just out of curiosity from your perspective as a business owner. Sure as a trainer and being in the industry for so long here, where do you foresee this going to? Because there's a lot of them. Some there's, of them are good. Yeah. Some, some of them are really some good. Of, some yeah. of them are really good. Yeah. But some of them, it's, you just, yeah. you know what I you, mean? There's a big question mark. Yeah. 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 I think it is somewhat of a trend. When you talk to these trainers, by the way, a few of them are really passionate about what they do. The others just want to fit in, just want to, Get on Instagram. Uh, They do it. Get on Instagram. They do it because they hate their day jobs. You know, it's a way out of their nine to five or what is it here? Seven to two or something, right? Yeah. So um, a few of them will last and have made an impression. But the rest, I think, will fall off the charts. They'll fizzle out sooner or later. When When do you foresee that? Just out of curiosity. I mean, if you're not really passionate about what you do, you're not going to last. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm picking your brain because you've no, had absolutely. so much, you've had so much experience in the industry. Yeah. And I think it's so beneficial for <laughs> some of the young entrepreneurs that listen yeah. to this show and a lot of the young gym goers, like just to hear it from your perspective, not saying that you're old or anything. How old are you, by the way? I'm pretty old, dude. I'm how, pretty old. How old? Uh, I'll be 45 in June. No way, yeah. man. I thought you were around my age. <laughs> no. Shit, dude. <laughs> mashallah, I'm going to knock on some wood right Thanks, there. Man. Thanks. And you're, you're, you're jacked, mashallah. Thank you. So Thanks. your routine's so, like... So you, uh, did you use your excuse that you're like too old or anything at any time? Because <laughs> there's someone else in the room who constantly goes on about how old he is. And he's only 35. It's my excuse because I can't keep up with these young guys. (laughs) He's like, well, when I was your age, it was like, yeah, that was only like five years ago. (laughs) When you were my age, (laughs) when you were his age, I mean, we were eating nails and pissing vinegar. You know what I mean? Like we weren't, these guys are babied. And that's like, right. 
He's like five years older than me. That's okay. it. No, I'm six years old, man. I'm 35, dude. He's 45. You're literally talking like you were born in freaking 1920, man. The coaching back then was different. Like, the coaching was a lot different, dude. Man, okay. I'm telling you, dude. Okay. But to, to your point, uh, to move away from your, your super old age, yeah. um, like, I think uh, everything in the fitness industry, we've touched on it a few times, is kind of cyclical. It kind of always comes back around a little bit. Yeah. But kind of when we were talking about the Kuwaiti trainers, like there's got to be an influx of people because there's always like those people who are going to be passionate about it. There's always going to be a drop off with people, but then there's always going to be more people coming in as well. Yeah. And actually, absolutely. like I think probably the more interesting question would be to rather than asking, is there going to be more Kuwaiti trainers is saying, is it actually still going to be a market to have a Western trainer? Because actually yeah. like the Western trainer is kind of Obviously, the salaries are pretty high because you, you have to bring people across. You have to pay for, like, they're kind of, like, you have to pay more than they would be getting back home to attract them across. Sure. So Housing, transport, question. all that. Yeah. That's so, a really, I, I wouldn't expect that question yeah. out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, actually, and what we're kind of starting to see, and we've seen it in a few different gyms, actually, is that people are now starting to not employ Western trainers anymore, and they're starting to employ Kuwaiti trainers because they oh, can actually, interesting. they can employ them as part-timers. Yeah. And so actually then they're paying half the salary of the Western trainer. They're not paying for the accommodation, the visa, all of this sure. stuff as well. Yeah. So, and then they're actually just getting more of them. So okay. it's happening a little bit in the CrossFit boxes. <clears throat> You've seen them more. Some like of the a, female gyms I've noticed yeah, as well. Female yeah, female gyms are definitely a lot more because it's like, it's very hard to get kind of females, Western females to come to, yeah. to Kuwait for kind of obvious reasons. Yeah. So I think actually we're starting to see a little bit of a drop off in those kind of Western trainers coming across and also in a different aspect of where those Western trainers are coming from. Yeah which is actually quite interesting. Obviously, mm -hmm. like, and then you're starting to see, like, okay, right, how much is it costing for them to bring these Western trainers in? Where are they now coming from? And actually, you're starting to see that those places are having more Kuwaiti trainers and that balance is starting to creep up a little bit. Okay. And so hopefully we'll start to see, obviously, those Kuwaiti trainers starting to learn as much as possible from the Western trainers before they go. Generally speaking, and this isn't speaking for everyone, but yeah. the Western trainers have, like, kind of, have so much of a passion for it that they wanted to move out of their country to come and do it. And I think in general, Western trainers are much more educated just because you have all the opportunities where you There's come sport. from. There's yeah. sport. Yeah. It's, it's a big difference. I think there's yes. a bit more experience, yeah. yeah. But I think I'm trying to be diplomatic about it and yeah. saying, saying, I don't by any means think, because there are some awful Western trainers and there's some, there's some really good Kuwaiti trainers. No, but sure. you call a spade a spade. I mean, Kuwait, we don't, we don't value sports and athletics. We haven't valued, valued them since the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were out of the Olympics for, you know, what, four or five years, which yeah. killed, I think in my opinion, I've never seen kids drop out of sports so fast. No, it's a shame. When we were banned out yeah. and it's like, so you and call that's what spade I'd like to see more. Like, like, and that's what I hope actually as now, like even just with Qatar winning the football, yeah. like I mean, now you're seeing people going, hey, like football exists again. And actually like we, we could do this. We have a lot of Kuwaitis who are pretty good at football. Hopefully that will start to yeah. like kind of bring that around. And then you have more trainers, then you have more people coming into sport and then you have more openings and positions yeah. for people to come into sport and actually work hard at it. So hopefully we'll start to see that pick up. I mean, is it a good business model to hire local? Of course it is. It's cheaper, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if you can find a good Kuwaiti trainer. Yeah, but... Uh, but the Kuwaiti mentality is I want to see blonde hair, blue eyes. Not even that. No offense. <laughs> I have not got one. Well, well, I want to see a name like Liam or Michael or John. Not even that. The Kuwaiti trainer won't stick to your... It's impossible for them to do nine to five. Yeah. Most of them, you know, they Work don't... Or, yeah. No, they don't want to be told what to do. 
Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. They don't want Even to, as a trainer. No, no. I, mean, I do generally see that it's a little bit harder for the Kuwaiti trainers to get up at 5 a.m. and be in the gym for six. Yeah, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but <laughs> if sure. you're going to be, and this, this, is, this, is, this is a knock on trainers out there, Kuwaiti trainers or trainers in general and coaches in general. Yeah. If you can't be coached yourself, you have no business coaching somebody. That's, uh, I agree. Absolutely. You know, like, no offense, but yeah. you know, anyone could debate me on that all day. No, I agree. And um, <laughs> like, like obviously, you, like we've said it before, but you have to be so passionate about your industry that you see the value in coaching. Yeah, and actually, so then if, if you see the value in coaching someone else, then you should see the value in being coached. So, like, and there's no reason you shouldn't pay for it as well. Absolutely, yeah. And and Kuwaiti trainers are they will not commit to uh, you know to a, s- a steady job or it's it's very hard. It's like we said, it's a trend to them. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully you need, we'll you need, if you want to be change. a trainer, you, you need to be able to change people's lives. That's the whole point of being a trainer. And I don't think they get it yet. You know, there are good trainers out there, but they don't get that aspect as of now. Yeah, no, it's totally. Yeah. I mean, on that note, I think we, we could call it a day on there. And yeah. man, I'd love to have you back on the show. I mean, oh, I'd love like, to. I'd love to come back. It, it would, it would be awesome. Yeah. Like this whole, the Let's whole do it business again. Yeah. aspect. Yeah. Like that is like, we could line up some, some questions for the next show. Absolutely. And if we could, yeah, you know, we could pick your brain at some of the business aspects. That would be awesome. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be a great like let's monthly, I'd love to. monthly type of deal if yeah. you have the time for it. I do. Yeah, Saturdays is uh, is ideal for me. So, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So everyone out there knows we have, we podcast on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're recording. So. All right. I mean, thanks, man. Thank you thank very you. much for thanks coming for on the podcast. Me, thanks, buddy. Really I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Thanks, Liam. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.